You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. We are working through the great doctrines of the faith, and the goal is to think about these doctrines and to think about how they relate to our lives. In other words, how they ought to change our perspective or our actions or our attitude. Uh, these doctrines ought to connect with our uh, lives because if, if they're not, it's just it's just words on a page. But if we understand these truths and live according to these truths, and these doctrines have real power in our lives. And so we've been talking about the doctrine of God, and I've told you before that, or every night we've done this, that the doctrine of God is classically discussed under two headings. The, the nature of God and the works of God. And so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the nature of God. If you remember, we've talked about God's attributes. God is eternal. God is unchanging. God is faithful. God is gracious. God is love. God is sovereign. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. We, uh, God is omniscient. We've gone through all these different attributes of God just to, just to uh, remind ourselves of what the Bible says about God, what God is like, His character, His Nature. The second heading when studying the doctrine of God is uh, referred to as the works of God. So we're t- we've talked about the nature of God. Now we're going to start talking about the works of God. And we're only going to talk about one point under the first work. All right, so we're not going very far tonight. So we'll talk some more about this, this first work uh, in, in the coming uh, weeks. But tonight I want to talk to you about his work as creator. That's the next blank there under the works of God, creator. The Bible describes God as creator. I want you to turn to the first book of the Bible and the first verse in that book. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Extraordinary verse, extraordinary passage of Scripture that really explains so much about um, why there is something rather than nothing. You ever thought about that? Why is there something rather than nothing. And Genesis uh, helps us to understand uh, the answer to that question. Now, all worldviews, and there are lots of different worldviews out there, all worldviews answer that question. Why is there something rather than nothing? Some worldviews get it wrong, and it has serious repercussions and implications. For example, if you believe that that there is something because of random biological, um, random unfolding of biological processes, that that it's just it's, we're here because nature has unfolded that way. There's there's no designer behind it. There's no power behind creation. It's just it's just nature. If you are uh, a proponent of that view, then ultimately you've got to say. Well, we're all just products of our, um, our, our biology. We're all just products of our, um, our neurons and our protons and the way they fire in our brain and the way our different molecules are put together. And, and if you hold that view, ultimately, you can't say that there's meaning and purpose in life. 
It's a very hopeless view to believe that we came from biological processes alone. Because if you believe that, you've got to say it's all random. It's all happened randomly. Uh, Natural selection has guided us to this point, and there's really no rhyme or reason behind it. That is a meaningless worldview. And it all goes back to that question, why is there something rather than nothing? We'll talk a lot about that in the coming days. But I want to just start with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. First verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why is there something rather than nothing? Here's the answer, and this is in your notes. God created the heavens and the earth from nothing. God created the heavens and the earth from nothing. Now, there are four questions that I want to pose and then answer from God's Word. Uh, The first question is why. We're going to talk about that tonight. This is the one point, the why question, all right? But we're also going to answer the question, uh, how? How how did God do this? What? What did God actually uh, create? And uh, his his thinking behind it. But tonight I want to answer the question, why? Why did God create the heavens and the earth? I think it's a, a good question to ask. And there are at least three answers biblically. Now, one way to approach this question, why did God create the heavens and the earth, is to say, ultimately, we don't know all the reasons. We can't fully comprehend the, the infinite mind of God in creating the heavens and the earth. We, so we, we can't fully explain it. Uh, but there are some some pointers in Scripture to give us some answers to that why question. So why did God make the heavens and the earth? Why did God create? All right. Uh, first answer to that question, to pour out blessings. To pour out blessings. There, there's something in the nature and the heart of God that desires to pour out blessings. And you say, well, where do you get that from, Pastor Ray? Well, look in chapter 1, verse 26. After God made the, the heavens and the earth and the animals and the plants and, 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 and all of that, the, the, the created order, the heavens and the earth, it says in verse 26, Then God said, Let us, which that's a Trinitarian uh, statement there, let us... Make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we've learned a couple things here. We've learned, first of all, that God decided to create humanity, uh, and he created humanity in his own image. Now that means that if we are created in the image of God, that we have intrinsic value and worth, right? And everyone that's ever been created, every human that's ever been created in the womb of their mother, that's been conceived in the womb of their mother, has intrinsic value and worth because they were conceived and, 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 and knit together, it says in Psalm 139, in the image of God himself. Now there's a lot to say about the image of God, and we'll talk about that some future date, uh, but it's a remarkable statement that you were made in the image of God, that I am made in the image of God. That must mean that we have intrinsic value and worth. Every person uh, is made in the image of God and should be treated with respect. 
and care. And so we see here that God created man in his own image. We also see in verse 27 that, and this is, this is convoluted in our society today, and we need, to, we need to just go back to the simplicity of the scripture, God assigns gender. Did you notice that? God created him, male and female, he created them. He created men, he created women. And this is very convoluted in our culture today, and there's a lot of, of pressure for people to rethink their gender. And, and that, that's just not biblical. You know, it's interesting in a lot of different, and I'm not being ugly here, but in a lot of different areas of, of debate in society, um, one side always says, science, 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 it's science. Look at the science, science, science. In fact, when you talk about the creation debate in, in secular humanism, there's a, there's a cry for science, 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 science. Look at the science. Well, what's more scientific than biology? That you're born a certain way, right? Male and female, chromosomes. I mean, that's scientific. That's, that's as scientific as it gets. You can observe it uh, over time and, and, and see the observable practice of biological makeup. And so the Bible is very clear. God makes us in his image and he assigns gender, which means if God assigns it, then our gender is good, Right? If he made you a woman, that's good. That's his purpose for your life. He made you a man. That's good. That's his purpose for your life. It's a good thing. It's not to be, not to be uh, confused. And t- it's to be celebrated that, that God assigns our uh, gender. But then look what it says in verse 28. One point. I'm going fast, Jeff. Verse 28. It says, And God, what? Bless them. So God made everything. He creates humanity. And it says, God blessed them. And so part of this answer, why did God create everything? Because he wants to pour out his blessings. Now, what kind of blessings uh, does God pour out? And this is right here in chapter 1. All right. First of all, the blessing of being made in God's image. Again, intrinsic value and worth. We are made in the image of God. God. That means we can relate to God. It means that we are spiritual beings. It means we have a, a, an eternal soul. We are, we are made in the image of God. It means we have different parts. There's the physical, there's the spiritual, there's the emotional. There's all of the, we're made in the image of God. Again, we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, but there's also the blessing of purpose. The blessing of purpose. Um, did you notice there in verse 26 that he says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God has a purpose in creating humanity. He wants them to exercise dominion over the earth, over that, that created order. So right off the bat, God gives humanity a job, a purpose, something to do. And let me just, I don't want to go too far down this road, but... But vocation, work, is good, right? God's the one that came up with work, right? It's good that we have a purpose and a meaning. So God blesses humanity right off the bat. They're made in His image, and He gives them a purpose, something to do, to exercise dominion over uh, the earth. But then there's the blessing of family, the blessing of family. It says, verse 28, God bless him, and God said, to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Here it is again, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So he tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. That means to have children and have grandchildren and great-grandchildren to, 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 um, 
to, to be the progenitors of a family, the blessing of family. And family is a blessing from God. There, there's something about family that God gives us, uh, biological family, uh, and then by extension, spiritual family to, to walk through life with. And family is certainly a blessing. And everybody, listen, everybody's got family. You say, what about someone that's single, that's never been married? Well, they, they have a mother. They were born, right? They, they're, 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 every one of us has family, and we need to celebrate the blessing of family. Uh, fourth, the blessing of provision. The blessing of provision. He says in verse 29, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And so uh, he, he mentions here, as you, uh, as you exercise dominion, as you... Grow a family, I'll provide for your needs. And he blesses them with the, the vegetables and fruit that come from the Garden of Eden. And it says in verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And so God blesses humanity with provision, with, with meeting our needs. So one of the reasons, based upon chapter 1, that God created everything, including humanity is to have this platform, if you will, to display the fact that He loves to bless. There, there's something in God that loves to pour out blessing. And I'm, I'm glad, aren't you? Because I'm a recipient of great blessing. In fact, we're going to talk on, on Sunday about physical blessings and spiritual blessings, how they come from the hand of God. So, why? To pour out blessings. Number two, why did God create the heavens and the earth? To offer his love, to offer his love. Now, have you ever thought, maybe one day you're driving down the road and just thinking deep thoughts, you ever thought, what in the world was God doing before he created the heavens and the earth? Because the Bible teaches he's eternal. That means he has no beginning, he has no ending. So he's been there forever. If you go back to the Garden of Eden and you just keep going back in time, God was there. Before there was an earth, before there was a moon, before there was a sun, before there was a galaxy, before there was a Grand Canyon or a Mount Everest, God was there. So what in the world was God doing in eternity past? Well, John 17 gives a little information. Turn to John 17 with me. John 17. I'll do this very quickly. John 17. Uh, look, look in verse 5. John 17, verse 5. Now this is Jesus praying in the garden before he goes to the cross. All right, So he's, he's, this is called the high priestly prayer uh, by some before, uh, before he uh, actually is um, betrayed and uh, arrested. Um, uh, actually, this is before the garden. This is him praying before the garden of Eden. But he's praying directly to his father. And he's, he's asking God to prepare him for the cross. And look what he says there in verse 5. Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. So I'm going to the cross to die for the sins of humanity. Would you glorify me in that? Glorify me in your own presence and with the glory that I had with you, watch this, before the world existed. So before God spoke the universe into creation, God was there and there was, there was glorifying going on. Now, who was... Who was, who was doing the glorifying, right? 
there was glorification happening between Father, Son, and Spirit. They lived in perfect communion and relationship and intimacy with one another in all of eternity past. Father, Son, Spirit living in perfect love and perfect connectedness and and glorifying one another. There was glory there. That's what Jesus says. And look what he says a little bit later in this same prayer. Look in verse 20. He's asking God to do a work in his disciples' lives. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So if you've believed the gospel, you've believed the message of the disciples, the gospel message. So he's talking about you right here. Jesus is praying for you. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you have loved me, Father. I desire that they, now watch this, that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. So he's saying, hey, I want them to experience what it was like before creation. Father, Son, and Spirit glorifying one another. And then he says, to see my glory that you have given me before, because you love me before the, before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know, uh, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So he's saying, I want them to experience the love that, that you showed me before the foundation of the world. I want them to experience that same love. It's almost like, if you can, and this isn't a, a good example because we're putting human characteristics on the triune God, but, but if, if you can imagine... Um, well, let's do it like this. Anybody ever um, uh, on a playground when you're growing up have to stand in a line and get picked for a team? Anybody have to go through that? Right? And you know the feeling, right? It's like, pick me, pick me. And you're like, no, not you. And you're like, I don't want to be the last one. And you know what, that, what that's like. Well, well ma- imagine, imagine that you're on that playground and, and there's a team of, of, of three really good players, all right? And, and, and they're in a huddle, all right? They're huddled up. Their backs are turned to you. And they turn around and open up the circle and say, hey, be on our team. Come in our huddle. And they open up, and then you get in the huddle with them. Can you think of that? what that would look like in, in, your, in your mind? That's what's happening here. Jesus is saying, Father, Son, Spirit has enjoyed perfect love for all of eternity. Now we're opening up to invite others into that love. That they get to experience that same perfect love and communion with God that the Trinity experienced for all of eternity past. So one of the reasons God created you and me is to offer us this love. To say, hey, I'm inviting you in to enjoy the perfect love of God. Isn't that cool? One other thing. And I know it's a little, I know it's a little, uh, um, little shady because I said I had a one-point sermon, but there's three points under that. So, so it's, it's technically a three-point sermon. But let me give you the third point and we'll be done. Why did God create the heavens and the earth from nothing? To pour out His blessings, to offer His love, and to demonstrate His glory. Turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. 
This is God making, uh, being there, the one who created Israel, created his people through Abraham. Uh, uh, he, he built a great nation through Abraham's descendants, through whom he would send the Messiah. But, but notice what he says here about his work in creation. He says, verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, watch this, for my what? Glory. So God, in creating, created ultimately for His glory. Now, things are crazy right now in our society. Can, we, can I get an amen on that? Do I, have to, do I need to spend some time convincing you how crazy things are? I got stories. You want stories? Th- things are crazy. Uh, but we know where everything's headed, right? We know that God's going to come back. Jesus is going to return, set everything right, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we know where it's all headed. And, and when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all get to heaven, we're gathered together with our, our saved loved ones, and we're around the throne of Jesus, and, and we're celebrating how much we gave to Lottie Moon because we're seeing people there from different tribes and tongues who were there and heard the gospel because we were faithful to give Sorry, just a quick plug for Lottie Moon. But, but we'll, be, we'll be in heaven, we'll be in heaven rejoicing around the throne. I believe part of what will happen in heaven is the Lord will allow us to look back over all of human history and we'll see how God used every bit of it, every bit of it, ultimately for His glory. Or I like to say it like this, when the dust settles, God's name will be glorified. And, and, and that's, where, that's where everything's hep- happening in human history, the glory of God. So, again, it's, 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 it's a, a big answer to a big question, but, but ultimately the reason God created the heavens and the earth is so He gets more glory. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of worship and praise. And through creation of the heavens and the earth, through creation of humanity, through, through weaving together His purposes in human history, when it's all said and done, no one's going to be saying, Boy, isn't Wade great? Not gonna happen. When it's all said and done, we're gonna be saying, Wow, wow, what an incredible, mighty, sovereign, awesome God who made all this and worked in all this for his glory. Amen? Amen. Father, we're grateful for this time that you've given us and grateful for this study. And I pray that as we study the doctrine of God and think about creation that you would, uh, Lord, just, just remind us of how mighty you are and help us to stand in awe of you. We'll thank you for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's word. May the Lord richly bless you.